The Gift of the Fog in the Mind I feel like I've already taken ketamine, but I haven't, and my synapses have been washed clean and are sparking again, making connections. And I kind of feel neutral, like I don't have a preference about where I go. And where I am is the most important, Eckhart says. And the fact I'm not despairing is a triumph, and I'll take it. So yeah, I don't really care otherwise. My brain used to catch fire when it idled, like I was failing to progress. But more and more, I see my engine revving in park as a disease, or like the a-hole who has to peel out and wake up all the babies on her street. You tolerate his stupidity, but wish he didn't have to show off at the expense of our peace. And so, just to be here, engine on and not stalled, and being okay without a destination, but happy to be in the car, is kind of a gentle niceness. It has occurred to me that good, fortuitous, lucky, amazing things do happen when your cabbie isn't telling you where he's taking you. And instead, we just wait for a place we want to go to, to pop into our head, which makes our heart glow a little more. And poetry is one of those surprises that showed up when my hands were empty. And it's a funny thing about life, that impossible opposites are true, that you have everything when you have nothing, when your hands are free, and you can be waiting there as God's Uber. And it also makes me chuckle how I wail that my mind is unclear in a fog from menopause, and I can't hold three figures, three solid figures together for long in there. And yet, here I sit in the same haze, ferrying words across a strait I could not pass between before, but the gatekeeping harbor guard can't make us out through the mist, and so we have found this fortunate little enterprise under the cover of darkness, the places the searchlight in my mind leaves in shadow, and even as I strain my eyes to pull a clear image to me, those little muscles so grossly undersized, so unsuitable for the job, that it feels exactly like the futility I find in myself trying to arrange all of life to work out how I want it, with my very spindly arms, trying to move a skyscraper just a third of an inch to the left. And so I succumb to needing stronger glasses to see what is without straining at rest. And yes, that's evidence of aging and a bit of a bitter pill to swallow. But there's this big thing I've just caught out of the corner of my eye, and that is that my self-sufficiency makes it so that I truly have no need for a man, save the obvious mechanics, or to save me in the moments my heart goes out and can't hold me up another minute. And that's the only time I see it necessary to lean on a man. And so I am upright and sturdy, alone, on my own, all the time. And it occurs to me, not everyone is like this. And maybe I might find a use for depending on a guy, trusting he'd love me and not go crazy. 
And when I think this thought, I can feel the trembling of every muscle, even the ciliary rings in my eyes, and they wobble at the prospect of letting go into someone, and I have already lost a few dear men close to me, and the fact that it did not kill me, in spite of the excruciating nature of the pain, makes me think maybe I can risk it and try to let go the grasp I have over everything by myself all the time. Thank you very much. And these things you catch out of your peripherals and nail down with words, they are powerful because I couldn't see this before, but now I do. And a sigh comes from deep within my lungs at the prospect of the trajectory this may take me on. And so this is a gift of the fog in the mind and the pen on the paper, foraging across to a shore I can't see, but trusting it's worth the trip, and imagining falling back into a true love, a daydream while I row across.